listening to the Keef to the City podcast. All right, the trade deadline has come and gone. The Yankee season, for the most part now, has come and gone. And after a brief hiatus, uh, the Keep to the City podcast is back. And joining me today to talk Yankees baseball with uh, just about two months left in the season is Scott Ryan of Bronx Pinstripes. Uh, you can check him out over there on bronxpinstripes.com or on Twitter at Scott Ryan. Scott, how's it going today? I'm good. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm excited for the rest of this season. We actually get to see people that we care about now. Well, I know from when we talked, uh, we did the two-part in spring training, the two-part podcast, we talked throughout the season. Um, the last time we talked was obviously pre-trade deadline, and you were all about the team tanking or going on an extended losing streak to get there. They got it last weekend against the Rays in the in the three-game sweep to the last-place Rays, uh, and then they traded off everyone, and now here we are with um, what hopes to be the future of the Yankees, even though really the only guys up right now are Sanchez and uh Severino and Green and hopefully we don't for the rest of the year see the 2016 Yankees you know minus Miller Chapman and Beltran but plus just Sanchez hopefully they start to incorporate some more prospects uh, because right now there's not much to look forward to other than Gary Sanchez at bats. You know it's funny because I, I actually was was making the argument and and some people think I'm crazy but that's fine. I, I actually think that once these kids start coming up a little bit more, and I, and I feel like we've seen it even over the past weekend, and I don't know if it's just because it's the Subway Series and there's just a little bit more energy in the in the air, but you know, I could I could absolutely see a scenario where where these kids come up and the team overall team actually start to play better, just because there's a little bit of a buzz, you know, that youth that youthful exuberance kind of takes over the locker room and the and the dugout, and and then some of the some of these guys start playing. I mean. Look at look at your boy Chase Headley last night, just, just just raking, you know. I mean, so I don't know. I could see that happening. I know I know what youth can do to a uh, a team sometimes, and I think we saw it last year when John Ryan Murphy was up. Um, and you could see it all over A Rod's face last year. And I feel like they had a you know when the September call up, um, when the, when a lot of those younger guys came up, they they started getting a little bit more rejuvenated. And I could see that happening this year. Well, what's weird is that. Uh like you had just said about Chase Headley doing better and, and the fact that we crushed him for so much of the season, and rightfully so because he was you know, the worst major league player for the first six weeks of the season. He's turned it up since then, but not you know what you'd expect out of a, a guy with a $52 million contract at one of the corner infield spots. But outside of him, you know, Ellsbury has never gotten hot. Gardner has never gotten hot. Hicks is just horrible. Uh, Castro has been up and down after his hot start. Didi... You know, outside of Didi and Beltran, the entire team, you know, no one's been good for pretty much the entire season outside of them. Now Beltran's gone, and uh, I, I said earlier that Sanchez is the only at-bats to look forward to, but I guess really just him and Didi are the only two to look forward to when they come up, and really the only two I have faith in, and Gary Sanchez has just played a handful of Major League games. So it's a very weird dynamic right now in that really no veteran player can be trusted because they've been bad for so long. Yeah, and I mean we're already hearing the the rumblings of Aaron Judge coming up within the next you know within the next thirty days. I, I think he's going to come up sooner than later. You know, I think what they're doing is they're just making sure he's healthy, getting him some at bats in AAA before they actually <laughs> you know do call him up. So I think we're going to see him sooner than later. And you know that that's really I mean that's that's a good amount. I mean with Sanchez, uh, Aaron Judge playing up here, and and then seeing. Um, uh, some of the other some of the other kids coming up with the pitchers, I think we're 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 getting into this youth movement, and I don't know, it it, it excites me, it really does. 
Ruff Steiner's finally playing a lot more often. Um, and, you know, as much as they keep trying to tell us that Aaron Hicks is Jackie Bradley Jr., yeah. he's not. No. <laughs> well, you alluded to the idea that this Yankees team might be, you know, capable of going on a run because they're instilling better players. And I said that all along in that, you know, while I didn't, I wanted them to perform also that they didn't have to sell. So hopefully this team would be in the playoffs, but um, that's most likely not going to happen. But I also said all along, you know, there's a chance that when they call up prospects, they're going to be better than the players they have now. And this team actually, you know, maybe could go on a run. And while I've sort of given up hope on this team being a playoff team, and now it's just about watching the youth for next season, and hopefully they can get back in the mix next season. But uh, I certainly think that once Judge starts to play over Hicks, once Sanchez now starts to get regular at-bats, if Schneider plays every day, if Severino goes in the rotation, um, if Green gives you know more chances in the rotation, this team is better than the team on opening day if these kids finally start to get at bats it's just the fact that the money was tied up in all the wrong places and that's why the team is where it is now yeah it's it's funny when you look at it because if you look at the guys i mean they were even you know listening to uh to some of the espn guys talking about the broadcast which i cannot handle and by the way the, the espn bro the espn broadcasts are just the worst ever but they were talking about how the the yankees are are, are basically putting out a a minor league team that's what they kept calling it and yeah. I thought it was funny because, like you said, well, our minor league team, our AAA team, if you look at that lineup, it's probably better than our major league lineup right now. And it's uh, so getting these guys up, I wouldn't even be surprised if Tyler, Tyler Austin came up and started getting some at bats. Um, but yeah, it's exciting. You know, there's 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 a buzz in the air to me because of you know we have the future in our grasp right now. It's it's all right here, and I, I really don't care what the outcome of the games are. It's at, at this point. I mean, obviously we want them to win. It's not realistic, but. You know, just seeing these guys playing every day, having knowing that they're going to have half of a season to get their lumps is a really good thing. Well, the one thing that worries me is that everyone is so you know happy right now. The Yankees are doing the right thing. They're you know making moves for the future. They're finally doing what they should have done years ago. But at the same time, in all of their trade deadline deals, they got back prospects, not one major league ready player, and. Really, the only major league ready guys are the guys they already had in Judge and Sanchez, um, and then certainly Severino and Green. But does it worry you that all they have is you know eight prospects, which certainly more than you know you say the majority of these guys aren't going to make the majors. The majority of them aren't going to be everyday major league players, and there's certainly a lot of hype around uh, you know Torres and Frazier. But who's to say what they're going to be either? So while they did you know do the right thing for the future, I feel like there's not enough of a level of concern among Yankee fans that some of these guys, all of these guys, you know, no one really knows who's going to pan out and who isn't. And everyone just seems to think that in two to three years, the Yankees are going to be a juggernaut again. Well, I think the, I think the other thing on the, on the side of that is one, you're right. Not all of them are going to hit. I mean, that's just, you look back and prospects don't hit. I think one of the saving graces is that one, the Yankees didn't draft these guys, right? They didn't recruit these guys. So that's positive. <laughs> so we're, we're, we're relying on other teams who have built, uh, you know, a good farm system to, uh, you know, rely on their expertise, which is good. I mean, Frazier looks as, as much of a can't miss as, as, as you can see. The, the guy just looks built for, for this, you know, what, what plays well in today's baseball. Um, and then Torres, I mean, he's, he's so low at this point that, you know, anything can happen. I mean, you just never know, but, the, and the, the, the thing about the other guys that they got, like Heller looks like the most major league ready. He's going to be probably coming up this year. I would assume he's going to be in the bullpen at some point. Um, but they got guys who, who throw hard uh, and, and that are projected to be bullpen arms as well, you know, minus the, uh, the Dylan Tate kid. But, you know, I don't know. I feel, like they, I feel like they didn't take huge risks on these prospects. I feel like these guys that they've gotten are, are further along enough 
where where you know you can tell that they're going to be something at some point as long as you know god forbid an injury happens yeah and you talk about injuries and you look at like you said it's a good thing the yankees didn't draft these kids because you look at caprelli and you look at uh ian clarkin again now jacob lindgren i mean they just cannot produce their own pitching prospects to save their life as soon as caprillian as soon as they 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 uh, announced that he was that he was going to be drafted and was drafted by the Yankees. I immediately went to Photoshop and Photoshopped a picture of him right next to Mark Pryor because they look exactly the same when they throw the <laughs> ball. And that high elbow worried me from, from the beginning when they were talking about drafting him. Like, I don't want that guy because he's going to have elbow issues for the rest of his life. I mean, the, the guys who throw like that, Strasburg's another one. I mean, yeah, he's going to have a couple years probably, but you know, Strasburg, Strasburg is one of those special guys, I think, that, that – comes back, but he's not going to have a long career. I guarantee he gets hurt again in the next year or two. It's, it's just going to happen because of the way that they throw. The, the human body cannot take the torque on the elbow like that. Yeah, well, you, you, uh, we talked about the trade deadline a little earlier, and you think about uh, Beltran was expected to get traded. He got traded. Miller, same. Chapman, same. Um, even Nova, who I think everyone was ecstatic, uh, even though you know he's been with this team for 12 years since he was signed as a, um, an international free agent back in 2004. Um, so you know it must be sad for him to leave the only organization he's known since he was 17 years old. But it was time to go. It was probably time for him to go a while ago. And you know the amount of starts they've wasted between him and your buddy Avaldi and the bats they've given to guys like Hicks is just a shame and, and hopefully now that those trends come to an end but you look at what they didn't do at the trade deadline and there was rumors that they could have moved Brian McCann if they were willing to eat um, 10 million of the 34 million he's owed over the next two years the Braves kind of wanted him back as a clubhouse leader and a familiar face as they move into a new stadium there's rumblings that Brett Gardner might be involved in a deal um, there's talks about Pineda or Valdi being involved in a deal um, certainly no one wants to touch Chase Headley or Jacoby Ellsbury's contracts unfortunately but I really look at McCann in the sense that I really hope the Yankees didn't have a chance I hope this is just rumors and reports and uh, sources being wrong but if they had a chance to move Brian McCann who they ne- never should have signed to uh, his $85 million deal because the one position they had at the time was catcher catching depth, and uh, we've seen guys like Cervelli move on, John Ryan Murphy move on, Romine in the backup role, Sanchez being blocked. Um, so if they had a chance to move McCann and you know have to eat $10 million when they had to eat money on Burnett in the past, or they've had to eat money on bad contracts like they've done sort of with Tashir and A-Rod, or they will do with Ellsbury, or the $40-plus million they paid for Kiyagawa, um, I just, it will crush me if they could have moved this guy and given a clear path for Gary Sanchez, and I just really hope we're not looking at Brian McCann as a Yankee for the next full two seasons yeah the only the only reason I was I was kind of okay with McCann for next year and and really just next year and it's not so much that I I think he's going to block Gary Sanchez in the sense that I think Brian McCann next year can give some flexibility at least for you know Greg Bird coming back one year uh, Sanchez with his first big year or his first league his first year in the big leagues if I could talk and then and then obviously uh, you know he could slide in as a DH too because I just feel like he gives the, the the roster some flexibility in that sense, and to help out with some younger guys, um, because I, I I I am on the side. I firmly one hundred percent believe that A Rod will not be on this team next year. So I think that 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 is an opportunity, you know, for a guy like that to to kind of move around a little bit. Yeah, and it, it just sucks because they're talking about the youth movement, but certainly we've only seen Gamble and Sanchez. Gamble just came up because the interleague play, but okay, Sanchez is here. Hopefully, he does really get full time at bats. But then you bring Judge up, and it seems like. Unless Judge goes on some, you know, seven for seven with seven home run run, he's not going to take away playing time for Aaron Hicks because they still think this kid is, you know, Jackie Bradley Jr., like you said, and not just the first round bust that Minnesota gave up on. Um, And then, you know, Frazier, if he comes up, 
where, where do you put him? Because if Judge is here and then you've got Ellsbury four more years, Gardner another pair of years. So it, it, while it, it does feel good to talk about the youth movement, I just I don't know where people think these at-bats and playing time are coming from because there's still a lot of immovable contracts on this team and a lot of people's paths are currently blocked to get play on the Yankees. Well, I mean, I guess it, it, it depends on how you look at what the next year's roster is going to look like. Because, I mean, I don't know if, how, how you feel on this, but I, I definitely, like I just said, don't think A-Rod's going to be on this team one way or another. And then, and then Gardner, I don't think he's going to be on this team either. So we're going to have a, a new right and a new left fielder. Ellsbury, like you said, is immovable. You can't, you can't get rid of that contract unless some miracle happened. Um, but, but so there's going to open up two, le- two outfield spots. I don't think Frazier's going to be up immediately next year by any, I think he's, you know, if he starts playing well and, and, you know, they start seeing what they want to see maybe midseason. Um, but I would think that would be the earliest for him. Judge obviously will be the, the right fielder. And then, you know, God knows with Aaron Hicks. I mean, if he doesn't at some point start hitting, which I don't expect, uh, you, you, you can't really walk into a season with him again. But um, so I think there's going to be some flexibility. I almost feel like you said earlier about how the AAA lineup is it might be better than the Major League lineup. And to me, I wish you know there wasn't guaranteed contracts and no one was worried about money because if if they just made the AAA lineup the Major League lineup right now, put a Severino and Green and Sessa in the rotation and dropped out you know Evaldi and Pineda, I mean that that would be must watch TV every night. It would almost be like they're in a pennant race, even if they were you know getting crushed every game. At least you're seeing what these guys have, and uh, much quicker than it seems like they'll actually work out in New York. You know, it's it's, it's so fun to watch because. These guys all have come up together, and that's that's one of the most exciting things to me. Is a lot of them, not not all of them, obviously, but a lot of them have come up through the system together, and they you can just tell on social media, on Twitter and Instagram and things like that. These guys are all they all have a very good rapport. They all have uh, you know they they seem to be all very you know friends or friendly, and that's exciting to me because you know guys who like each other want to play together, want to win together, and it just feels like another. I'm not going to say core four, but it just feels like another core coming up. And, you know, to see these guys start to play together in the major leagues, um, I think they're going to feed off of each other. And, you know, they all want to see each other succeed. And it just, it's a really cool thing seeing the the guys start at such a young age and then come up together almost as a group. Um, and then, and then just take over the Bronx together. I think it's, I think it's really, really interesting. Well, you mentioned about who you think could be on this team, who won't be on this team. A-Rod, I mean, there's talks that he could not be on this team. You know, I'm waiting for any moment to see a tweet that says he's been released or a buyout or something, which is a shame because, uh, you know, I feel like, you know, while he hasn't had a good season, no one on this team has, and he has sort of been uh, hung out to dry while guys like Teixeira or Hicks or Ellsbury or Gardner, nothing's happened to them, and they just keep getting regular at-bats. And, you know, maybe had A-Rod just been given regular at-bats all season, he would have finally, you know, found his repetition, found his groove, and this team wouldn't be in the position they're in. Maybe they don't even end up selling because they're in a better position. But um, it's it's tough to see because he's four home runs away from 700. Um, you know, the, the turnaround he's done as a player and image-wise since he's come back from his suspension, uh, it, it just seems unfair the way he's been treated and the way he's been sort of now the last man on the bench while most of the other regulars have gone through even, you know, extended or even worse slumps than him and nothing's happened to them. Um, you know, you look at Ellsbury and Gardner, the worst thing that's happened to them is they switch places in the order. Tashira got dropped down to seventh for a game. Uh, Headley, nothing happened to him after his horrible six-month start. Uh, Castro keeps getting pushed up despite, you know, his ability to swing at every single pitch he sees. So nothing's really happened to anyone else on this team except A-Rod. And there's been talk, you know, a few weeks ago about him maybe going back to first base, you know, getting some reps there. And then that didn't happen. And 
I know last year they were concerned about his health and keeping him healthy as a DH, but at this point, if he can play third, if he can play first to get in these games and give the you know fans a reason to watch him try to get to 700, give a reason for attendance, I mean, there should be no reason to worry about his health because at this point, he's basically not even on the team or in the majors anymore. So if he gets hurt, uh, it's not like they're playing him anyway. Yeah, I mean, I have no sympathy for Arod. To tell you the truth, <laughs> I, I, I don't think the team owes him a damn thing. I mean, they're they owe him money and a lot of it, and they're going to pay him that money. Um, but you know, I, I understand that he's got he's gotten his uh, his act together, I guess, and you know, he's he's come back in the good graces of a lot of fans, and that's fine. And you know, I think he's 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 earned a little bit of that. But to me, I mean, he he's a liability now on the team. I mean, he the reason one of the big reasons he can't play is because. There's he he does not provide he provides zero flexibility. I mean he can't play the field. You pinch hit for him late in the game. You got to sub another guy in to play defense. So he's he's a problem right now. He's not hitting, um, and he can't play the field. So I, I, there's there's really no use for him. At least to share when he wasn't hitting was still you know playing the field well at, at a high level. And you have guys that even if they're going through slumps, you know are, are are contributing at some point. But there's really no contributing for him. He looks old out there. The swings look old. I mean he he guesses on a few fastballs and and he hits it out of the park. That's fine. I don't know. I just, I, I just kind of want him to go away and just fade into the sunset or fade into a broadcast booth somewhere. <laughs> well, there's the idea that you know the August trades can happen, uh, get placed on waivers, get through, and make a deal. And I'm still holding out hope that you know some of the guys we talked about might not be on the team next season. There's still a chance you know Gardner or McCann or, or someone along those lines could get moved here in August, and that opens up another spot, clears another path. So I guess the theme here is clear as many paths as possible for the AAA and AA guys. Yeah, and I definitely see that happening. I mean, like I was saying, even even though I wouldn't mind seeing McCann on the team just because he provides some flexibility, I could see that absolutely happening. Some kind of a waiver deal with him because nobody's going to pick up that contract. And if there's a you know if there's a handshake with uh, with Atlanta that the Yankees pick up um, you know X amount of the contract, I could absolutely see that happening. Even though I don't really understand what the hell Atlanta's doing. By yeah, getting, I know. It it's, cr- like, it's ridiculous. It's almost like they're going with what the Padres did last year where they got all these like big contract old name guys and it seems like they're just going to put themselves in a bad position where they'll you know need to be selling them off next year. And it seems like after tanking last year and this year, they were sort of heading in the right direction and uh, trying to do a rebuild. But to go after Kemp to get McCann just sort of, is very backwards for them. Yeah, it's weird, and I know, I, like you, you, you mentioned earlier that they're opening up a new ballpark, and I guess that's something. And but I don't know, it's strange. And you're, you're, the Kemp thing was just baffling to me. I mean, I understand they were trying to get rid of the uh, the Oliveira kid, um, and the way that the Padres turned sixty million dollars, they, they basically ate thirty million dollars just to to not eat sixty million dollars. It was <laughs> it was crazy. It's it like monopoly money getting thrown around in that deal. It- but you'd think that if you're opening a new park, whether it's kids that are going to lose, you'd rather see the kids play than have Brian McCann come back for a second tour, knowing that yeah. you know he'll hit 220 with 25 home runs. But is anyone is, is anyone buying a ticket to go watch Brian McCann play baseball? Right, or Matt Kemp sit on, sit on the bench because he you know he he hurts his hamstring in the first uh, first month <laughs> of the season. I mean, it's it's crazy. Well, we talked about who could be on this team, you know, towards the end of the season, who might get traded now after the the, uh, the deadline, and who could be off the team for 20, 2017 and we did the position players, but when it comes to the rotation, you've got Tanaka. He'll certainly be back. I'm sure Severino and Green will be given a chance to either be in the rotation or be high leverage guys in the bullpen. Hopefully, they give them every opportunity to start because they have you know that that starting ability. Uh, but then you've got Pineda, Avaldi, who could have gone already, haven't gone. Um, I'd be more apt to keep Pineda than Avaldi. I think we disagree on that, but I just can't see how they could keep you know giving starts to Nathan Avaldi when they have guys like Severino Green, Sessa knocking on the door, and uh, especially for next year. I, I, I can't see Evaldi coming back next year. 
Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, you know, both of those guys. I mean, look, I've soured on Evaldi over the over the past month and a half. Oh, I mean, good. He's, <laughs> he's he's definitely shown signs. He just he's disappointed me. Is is uh, is one of the biggest things. I just I feel like like I don't get it. Like, all right, dude, if you're not gonna if you're not gonna just continue to improve and stay at a, at a level, then you know why am I gonna root for you? Um, I feel like uh, that that's been disappointing. But I mean, I'll. <laughs> I'll go back and say he's he's has pitched better in the past, you know, three three starts. But Pineda is a guy I don't think they're going to give up on just because of you know the the flashes of talent. I mean, there's there's definitely more flash of you know of talent with Pineda than there is of all the. I will absolutely admit that. But um, so I could see them bringing him back. I honestly think they'll bring them both back to tell you the truth and put them at the back of the rotation. CC's a, a guy who's who's blocking. I think more people as well. Well, you look at CeCe, and he's got the $25 million vesting option if uh, he doesn't you know, end this season with a shoulder, left shoulder injury. It doesn't look like that's going to happen. And then there is the idea of the $5 million buyout. So, I mean, he hasn't been that bad. He started off incredibly well, went to a little slump. He's been you know, so-so since then. But, I mean, uh, he he's now has a 4.15 ERA. Um, you know, that's about a run lower than I thought he'd ever get to this season. So do you, do you take him back at 25 mil, or do you buy him out at the five? Yeah, see, I think you buy him out of the five. Is that is that buyout? See, there've been so many different reports about this buyout. The buyout is is uh, is completely on the club for five million, no matter anything else that happens. I believe he the vesting option is uh, it ought, it's guaranteed if he doesn't end the season on the disabled list with a left shoulder injury or spend uh, more than fi- more than forty five days on the DL with a left shoulder injury. So um, you know, unless unless something happens in the next couple of weeks here, I, he's a guaranteed the money. Yeah. So at that point, if he's guaranteed the money, you bring him back and then just hope for the best um, because he has rebounded. I mean, he's pitched really, he's pitched well, like you said, you know, full run, probably more than uh, or less than we thought he was going to be. And I agree with that completely. I mean, I, I had, I had no expectations of, of, you know, him uh, and his record is deceiving because I think he had some hard luck with not getting run support uh, just because this team doesn't hit. <laughs> Maybe the AAA guys will help him out with that. But um, yeah, I mean, at that point, if he's guaranteed the money, then, then you bring him back. Um, but it'll be interesting to see what they what they do. I, I think Chad Green is eventually slotted for the bullpen personally, but uh, I just I think that when you know he's flashing at ninety eight, ninety nine out of the out of the pen, um, unless he's unless he gets it together with the uh, with the rotation and, and prove that he can go through the lineup a few times, I think he's going to be he's going to be uh, deemed for the bullpen. And then there's Pineda, who I always defend. He's you know my Evaldi to you, and Evaldi's Pineda, you know vice versa. Here, do you think Pineda will be back? I do. I think. I think. I think they have too much like stars in their eyes with him, um, and I think again he's pitched better. You know, since since the the early just catastrophe. Um, you know, he's had a couple stumblings, but I mean, what two starts ago he had his best start of the year, and you know that's hard to that's really hard to give up on, and I don't think they were going to trade him at the deadline, even though there were rumblings about it, because. At this point, I mean, what are you trading him for? You're trading him for for basically zero value, and it's just the potential that we've always known has been there. So, you know, I think they're going to try to get what they can out of him, uh, and I think he will be back next year. Well, the bullpen uh, took a hit with losing Andrew Miller, who I didn't want them to trade no matter what. I thought that he could be, you know, two more years on his deal. I'd hope to think that the Yankees within the next few years can be back in the mix and contend because you've seen so many other teams whether it's the Rangers or the Red Sox, go from you know about a 90-loss team, which I don't think this team is, but and, and come right to turn around and, and be back in the mix. So I felt like you know at his price, he's the best reliever in all of baseball. Um, 
He's been, you know, a great Yankee. He's done everything they've asked. He's closed. He's moved in the eighth inning. He's done multiple innings. Um, he's just been a stand-up guy, you know, easy guy to root for. And, of course, everyone loves to watch him pitch. So it sucked to see him go. Hopefully, Frazier does turn into, you know, the player that everyone thinks he does. Otherwise, it will be, uh, you know, pretty disappointing. But, um, you know, were you on the train that Miller should have been traded, or did you want to see him stay and live out the next two years as the Yankee? Yeah, I wanted to see him traded, not not having anything to do with uh, with him as a guy, him as a, a player, because obviously, uh, you know, I love the player. He did everything like you just said. I mean, he was a complete team guy, but I think it was the best interest of the team to, to trade him at that point because, I mean, the reliever market was so hot at that point. And what, what Brian Cashman did, you know, turning around Chapman and Miller, two one-inning guys for the haul that he got back, to me, was just absolutely brilliant. And I think it was just too much of a too much of a, a bounty not to get rid of him at that point. And you know, I think you know moving forward because I'm not convinced that. Well, two things: I'm not convinced that they're going to be, you know, needing uh, two top end closers for the next two years, or or slash and um, the fact that you know he's going to be uh, the, these new guys are going to be coming up and, and contributing as well. Um, I think is a re- realistic thing. And I you know I've seen we've seen Cashman go out and get relievers and. And he's done a very good job. His his basically his career with the Yankees uh, turned guys into into relief pitching at the back end of the uh, a bullpen. So I think it I think it can be replaced. Yeah, and I think uh, like you said, they have a lot of arms, the hard throwing arms you talked about earlier. And I think some of those guys who don't end up in the rotation will translate to back end roles. And they've done a good job at sort of filling those gaps over the last few years, basically since Mariano left. And then you've got Chapman, who was traded. Everyone knew that was coming. Um, it came even earlier than expected, you know, a few days before the deadline. But he's a candidate to be re-signed in the offseason. And I feel like this ownership group, they're so adamant about getting back into it right away that um, I, I feel like he'll be the one guy they go chase this offseason because he was already here because of, you know, the appeal he has in his arm and, you know, his velocity. I feel like the, just for ticket purposes as from a business standpoint, point they're going to go out and I think that's the one guy they'll target a free agency yeah I could see that because you know I talked about this on my show as well about the fact that he's a he's a marketing he's a marketing ploy I mean the guy the guy absolutely brings butts in seats I mean he's exciting he's he's exactly what you want the ninth inning is a spectacle again when he's pitching not to say it isn't with Batantis but Batantis is more of a you know, a, a ho hum. You know, go out and do your job kind of guy. Where Chapman just, for some reason, has a little bit more flair to him. You know, coming in with Rage Against the Machine, with the with all the fire everywhere. I mean, it's just it's a it's a cool thing. I think that it does bring people to the stadium to see him. To you know, people people's eyes light up when they see anything over 100 miles an hour, let alone 105. I mean, it's crazy. So I could absolutely see that happening. The only thing I would be, I would be, um, you know, uh, for the other side of that, as the other side of that argument was that. Now that they're giving Batantis that the the opportunity to close, if you bring back Chapman, he's the closer. I mean, he's not an eighth inning guy. He he won't come back for that. So you're then you're you're putting Batantis back in the eighth. And I'm not sure they're gonna do that because I do believe I do believe they see him as a as a you know potential closer for the future. So it'll be interesting to see how they do that. Um but marketing wise, no doubt he's he's uh, an exciting dude. Yeah, I almost wish that you know, if he comes back, because like you said, they they might not want to move Batantis and keep him as the guy of the future. But Batantis, just like Miller, is so valuable in non the closer role because while they are, you know, I I believe they're both better than Chapman. But when you put Chapman in the ninth, now you you know they have the opportunity and the ability to move Miller and Batantis around and pitch you know multiple innings or, or come into innings with guys on base. And you know, I, I wish that baseball would move away from the closer role as a whole because sometimes the game needs to be saved in the sixth or seventh inning rather than you know up five to two with the bottom of the order coming up in the ninth. But um, it wouldn't be the worst thing if Batantis goes back to that role because we'd see him in 
you know, some, you know, much tougher spots than uh, some will see him in as a closer. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. It's just, I guess it's the, it depends on the direction of the, the team and how they, how they see, how they view Batantis in the future. Because, you know, you know, everybody's enamored by, by having a closer, you know, like you, like you're saying, get rid of that, you know, the, the closer, quote unquote closer, and not just be a ninth inning guy and be able to, to close the game when you need it. Because you were absolutely right. There are opportunities and there are situations where the sixth inning, the seventh inning, where you need that guy to come in and, and put a stop on what's going to happen or if there's a rally. So, you know, I guess it just depends on on what they uh, how they how they see the the the, the franchise moving forward and who's going to be that guy. Yeah, and I I remember we talked uh, right after the draft and sort of talked about how people get you know crazy excited for picks uh, because you, you have no idea what some kid in high school is going to be in five six years down the road. But when it comes to Blake Rutherford, if you could get excited about a nineteen year old kid in rookie ball, I think this is the kid because. He's absolutely crushing it there, and it seems like he really has the potential that, that, that they talked about on draft night to really move up through the ranks of the minors rapidly. Yeah, I, I really believe 2018, I'll say 2018, it's going to be Frazier in left, Rutherford in center, and uh, Aaron Judge in right field. I, I think that's, that's going to be our outfield for a long time, and uh, that's exciting because you're right. He's, he's just killing it. The kid's coming out of the gate hot. And doing exactly what you're supposed to do at, at that level, so it's exciting to see. I think that that 2018 uh, free agent class. This is, has to be the worst news to them is that the Yankees decided to you know change the course of the last 20 years and go back to rebuilding mode because guys like Harper and Machado, Donaldson, who are all going to be free agents that year. I think they were banking on the fact that the Yankees would continue to conduct business their same way. Yeah, and I think that there's going to be a lot of things that happen before that class comes out too, because I could definitely see. You know more Strasburg type moves, or uh, you know some of those moves with the, like they did with Trout as well to lock them up before they hit free agency. These long term contracts are seeing more of it just because they're more team friendly and there's a lot more money at the back end. Um, they, I think, all the players can thank Bobby Bonilla for that type of deal because <laughs> he is the ultimate back end guy. Um, but I think I could I could see that happening, especially Washington. Like I, I can't see them in their right mind letting Bryce Harper hit free agency. I mean, they'd be crazy if they did. And I saw rumors, you know, leading up to the deadline that the Yankees uh, could just use all the prospects they just stockpiled to make them, you know, one of the top uh, farm systems now in all of baseball and turn them around and go get someone like Chris Sale. And I just, just you know, while he's a great pitcher, his, his numbers are, you know, amazing. They're not as good as they have been the last few years. He's sort of on a downward trend, which isn't good. But I, I would have been so upset because that is a typical old school Yankee move to take what you just got and try to turn it into a superstar. And that would have, you know, been detrimental to everything they're trying to work for. So I'm happy that the deadline passed without them doing something stupid like that. And hopefully they don't try to, to you know, make a move like that in the offseason either. I totally agree with you. When when those reports were coming out about sale and packaging, I mean, there there were four or five guys in this in this list that you would have to give up to get sale. I mean, I think I think t- they were asking Texas for for um for Gallo and Profar. I mean, it's like you know they're asking for just ridiculously king king's ransom. These guys are in the major leagues, so the fact that they were trying to get minor leaguers are our guys that we now are looking forward to so badly to get one pitcher who is, you know, an elbow injury away from from being completely nothing. I mean, that, that guy is another one that I think is not going to have a long career. So I, I'm with you. I'm so happy they didn't do that, and I pray to God they don't do that in the offseason. Well, I'm hoping that this turnaround, this rebuild is, uh, you know, just momentary. I hope they, they can get back in the mix, like I said, a bunch of times, you know, next year, if not definitely the year after. But there's some projecting that it's going to be 
more than that. Uh, I just sort of have this feeling that that it's going to be one of these quick turnarounds we've seen out of, you know, like the Rangers or the Red Sox. What is your take on, you know, how many years away is this team from getting back to, you know, being the team to beat, you know, not just in the East, but in the entire AL? Yeah, I think next year is going to be we're going to have growing pains next year, but I can and I don't think the Yankees are going to make are going to be big move or big uh, shakers in the off season just because really there isn't that much going on unless you trade. Uh, the the free agent class is not terrific, but I think they're going to let them take their lumps a little bit. Even with the you know them taking their lumps, I still think they're a five hundred or better team. But but the the year after that, I could absolutely see the Yankees starting to make some some noise because what's very scary for the rest of the major leagues is right now the Yankees have the number two farm system in baseball, but they also have the New York Yankees bank account because now they have all this young talent and if it, if it pans out and if it if these guys come and play like they're supposed to play. It's going to be scary because the Yankees will be able to go out and get whoever they need to to plug in holes. And dare I say, it's it's bringing back memories of 20 years ago. But you're you're able to come in and get the veterans now to complement your young guys who you've brought up to the farm system. And that's how you win baseball. That's how you start dynasties. That's how you uh, you know have a elongated success. And they're definitely set up to do that right now. So I'm pumped up. I think two years, two years. What sucks is I remember around like, you know, 05, 06, 07 seasons, um, you know, people talking about the fact that the Yankees could create such an advantage with their, you know, with their bank account and with the idea of building a crazy farm system, like you just said. And it, you know, I'm happy it happened, you know, I guess better late than never, but it's, it's probably about 10 years too late because had they been playing this way all along, uh, they wouldn't have the seasons like they've had the last four years. I swear to God that, you know, there's been, I don't know when, you know, Stick Michael started getting back in the ear of ownership because I feel like he took a couple years off. You know, I don't, I don't know the exact uh, relationship he has right now, or even if he is a technical role. But I know he's an advisor. I swear he is coming back and just being like, "Look, are, what are you guys doing? Did you not see how I did this in the early '90s? Can we please do this again? It works very well." And and this is what's happening. Yeah, and it's and it, it kind of sucks because you hear about like you know last year when they didn't go out and get Moncada, and now he's a Red Sox and. The idea that it was just a few million dollars and they blew that money on Stephen Drew or Chris Capuano, and now there's talk that there could be an international draft, uh, which would totally ruin the way they conduct business outside of the U.S. And uh, it, you know, it's going to be much harder for them to be the Yankees and do the things they've done in the past. So um, it's good to see that they finally have realized that you know the rest of baseball, you know, teams like the Giants and the Royals, um, they're starting to conduct business the way they are, and they have a much larger bank account to do so. It's just going to be, I think, harder to use that bank account because guys either won't get the free agent or the guys that do are the guys you're not going to want to spend money on yeah totally agree i think we're going to see just you know like i was saying uh we're going to start seeing more of these team-friendly long-term contracts and i think guys are not going to be getting the free agency because of that uh, because they can they can back end the money and uh yeah i think that's that's definitely going to be happening more often so your farm system is becoming ever more important and uh before i let you go i remember right after the deadline you had a tweet about how you know now that they've sort of already tanked and they got rid of everyone for prospects you know might as well start to root for them to win again. So it's actually <laughs> getting fun to root for this team to win again, uh, You know, taking two out of three to start the Subway Series. Um, they've got the Indians this weekend, the Red Sox next week. So uh, you know, crazier things have happened than a team with you know that traded off their three best players uh, going on a run. And while I don't think it will happen, it is at least certainly easier to root for now that uh, there's some young faces in the team. Yeah, the, team, the, the ownership and the team actually did the right thing, and they went the right direction, and they recognized what this team was. So... That that's just exciting to me because that means ownership is is in in my opinion on the right path, and I think we've seen Brian Cashman on the right path and for over the past couple of years. Just you can tell that there was a youth movement with them not trading their their younger guys, 
Um, so they're cooperating. And yes, you're right. It's, it's a lot easier to root for this team now just because um, – not, not to say that I would ever want them to lose and, and nor did I ever root for them to lose. But at the same time, I'm like, okay – the, the funny thing is, is that the Tampa Bay Rays were the ones that had to put us over the, over the cup. <laughs> we, we got through the gauntlet, at, you know, at, over 500 or around 500. And then we get swept by the Tampa Bay Rays who were in dead last place. And that was the, uh, was the, the tipping of the iceberg at that point. So that, that's just perfect for this team, in, in my opinion, for 2016. Yeah, it's crazy because you look at, you know, right after the, the, the break, they lose two to the Red Sox and they beat them. They beat up three out of four in the Orioles, take two out of three the Giants, take two out of three in Houston. And you know, if they win two out of three against Tampa, this, you know, Beltran Miller, they're still on this team. Yeah, this conversation is very different. <laughs> it's very different. And if you look back into those team, those games that they won, it was kind of fool's gold because when we played the Orioles, that team was sick. Like, I don't know how much the, the I, I, I would flip broadcasts occasionally and I would listen to some of the visitors ones. And the Orioles were talking about how they've literally all been like, they had the flu that whole weekend. Yeah. So they were they were literally sick and could not play half of their their stars like all a lot of their good team uh, players did not play the first couple of games of that of that series and the Yankees took advantage of it so you know it was kind of fool's gold and what we did in that in that ser- in that series but um yeah thank you thank you Tampa Bay for coming and bringing us back to earth and and setting our future in, on the right path and I, I feel like you've had a little extra pep in your voice this entire podcast because this is this was your your hope and your dream the entire season up until the deadline. Yeah, man, uh, this is it. I I love <laughs> I love seeing the the young talent come up. This is this is, and then just the fact that they got more more guys coming up. And Clint Frazier has is already is already a, a Twitter all star. This kid's lighting it up on Twitter, which is fun to watch. Um, uh, hopefully, he can do it on the field too. All right, Scott. Well, thanks for coming on. Uh, we'll talk again soon. Hopefully, by the next time we talk, maybe some of these uh, you know August waiver deadline moves happen, and maybe some of the big contracts like McCann and Gardner are moved. But until then, uh, have fun rooting for this uh, hopefully new look Yankee, and hopefully Sanchez isn't the only one that comes up. Thanks for having me, Neil. Talk to you later.